0: Hey, this is Rich. Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. We're currently in a collection of talks on prayer, talking to Jesus. We often overcomplicate this thing called prayer, but at its core, I believe prayer is simply talking to Jesus about anything and everything. When we pray, we connect with God. When we gather, we connect with each other. One of my favorite ways to do this is through VU Cruise. Crews are the small gatherings every other week in person and online where we pray, encourage and grow together. Guess what? It's Crew Week. Find a crew at slash crews Well, today I'm excited for you to hear from Pastor Manushka Charles. Manushka is a part of the VU team and an incredible communicator. Let's lean in together today as she shares on the thought, may I have your attention, please?
1: But today is the last day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, let's celebrate. Been people who've been taking some time to to step away from whether it's food or whether it's abstaining from a certain thing that we've been taking these 21 days really to dedicate uh, to, to hearing from God we've been in this collection of talks called Talking to Jesus and for us we don't want to just preach messages that are really good on Sundays we want to preach messages that help you on your Monday that help you on your Wednesday, the messages that can carry you through. I hope these messages challenge you, that our prayer is that you would walk out of the room and that you would finish hearing a message and it would challenge you to grow and deepen your relationship with Jesus. And that's what these past four weeks have been about. Week one, Pastor Rich taught us that we can pray about everything and anything. Week two, we learned how to turn off our brain and speak with our hearts and with our soul. Week three, Pastor DC preached on the Lord's Prayer that you can talk to Jesus about talking to Jesus. And I love last week's message, Pastor Rich preached on listening, that we are to listen like a child, listen like a spouse and listen like a friend. And Pastor Rich is gonna close out next week, but I'm really excited really just to lean into talking about our habits today, lean into how we can take our daily habits and learn how to seek and communicate with God. See, prayer is essential for the follower of Jesus. That I don't wanna just gather in the name of a God that I never talked to. I just don't wanna show up to church and never talk to the God who saved me. Imagine being in a relationship and somebody only talked to you once a week, you'd feel some kind of way. Like they only texted you just one time. Like, are you like me, or what's going on? When you're when you're building relationship, you want to build communication. And I believe that God has called us to be a praying church, that his desire is not just for the pastors to pray or the crew leaders to pray or the team leaders to pray, but that mothers would pray and fathers would pray and children would pray and grandmothers would pray that we would be a praying people. That when you would pray, that there would be power, that when you would pray for healing, that you would see it. When you would pray for people to find healing, they would find it that our heart is that we would be a praying people that we would be a praying church one of my favorite theologians em bounds he said spiritual work is taxing work and men loathe to do it praying true praying costs an outlay of serious attention and time which flesh and blood do not relish all that he's saying is that it's not easy growing your spiritual life that it takes attention it takes time that naturally we might not feel like doing it, but it is necessary for our walk with Christ. And so today my assignment is to teach and to preach practically about prayer. And I wanted to go to the prophet Joel. And the prophet Joel, he lived in the Babylonian era. and Whenever you look at the prophets in the Old Testament, they all had an image. There was some illustration for the message that they were trying to convey. And the image in the book of Joel is this image of the locusts. Now, locusts are insects. They are not a fun thing to deal with. If you've ever seen a locust, they're like a large grasshopper. They're a consuming insect. They're one of the 10 plagues. And at the time that Joel is writing this book, Israel is actually dealing with a locust invasion. And now when there was a locust invasion, it would eat crops and grain and the locusts would eat the harvest of the current season, but it would also ruin the harvest of the previous season and it would eat the seed of the next season. And so when you had a locust invasion, you knew that it was going to take years and years to redevelop you, you lost so much. And so the reason why God is using this illustration to speak to his people is because he's saying, although you are dealing with this locust invasion, both spiritually and physically, if you turn your attention to me, I will restore that the messaging is, if you turn to me, if you come back to me, I will restore you. And so we're gonna read from Joel 2. I'm gonna start in verse 12. It says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. It says, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord for he is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and abounding in love and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows he may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. So for the next few moments, I wanna talk to you from this thought. May I have your attention, please. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would help us to be a people that turn our eyes to you. That God, that we would turn our attention on you, that despite what's going on in our lives, that we would fix our focus on you. Father, we pray that you would speak, that you would meet us right here in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May I have your attention, please. I feel like that's what God is saying to us in this season. That in the text, he tells the people of Israel, even now, turn to me. Don't get distracted by the locusts. Don't get distracted by the destruction. When I was thinking about this text and just thinking about the way that locusts invade an area, I kind of think about the past few years that we've been in. Because you think about 2020, it feels kind of like it was a a locust year, that the year started off, we were hopeful, and then it seemed like locusts came and ate away the hope that we had and ate away the joy that we had. And we stepped into 2021, you're like, well, maybe it's going to get better in 2021 but it seems like a whole lot of the same. And and we've just got about four more months left into the new year. And it, it still feels like we're dealing with locusts. Now, I don't know, some of you might've had a great year. Some of you might've had a not so great year, but I think collectively as a nation, as a world, it feels like we're dealing with locusts. But I love this word from the Lord because he says, I know that There might be locusts. I know that there might be destruction, but don't focus on that. Focus on me. That don't focus on everything that's happening around you. Fix your attention on me. Don't let the locusts distract you from God. We live in arguably one of the most distracted generations. That a distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving their full attention to something else. And it's so easy to be distracted in this day and age. That concentration is a lost art. That in a moment, you can be anywhere. You could be sitting right here, you could be listening to this sermon and you could be playing Candy Crush at the same time. If you're watching this online and you don't like it, you could turn to Bishop T.D. Jakes. Like, we don't ever have to deal, and I wouldn't even be mad either, you know. We don't, we don't ever have to really deal with awkward social situations, because if I feel uncomfortable, I can just take out my phone. That we're not just living distracted moments, we're living a distracted life that all around us is distraction. And now I wanna talk about our habits and I wanna talk about how we can learn how to pray and grow in our spiritual life. But I first have to address the issue that I feel like is the biggest thing that's holding us back from communicating with God. And that's our distractions. It's what we're giving our time to. We have to first address the distractions. We have to first address how distracted we are. What are we actually doing with our time? What, what do we spend our time on? Time is one of the things that we have no control over how much we get. But we do have control over how we spend it. That there are people in the hospital that are wishing they had more time. There's people in this room that you wish you had more time with a loved one. You wish you could go back in time, but we have no control over how much time we are given. So why do we put so little value on it? See, we no matter how much money you have in your bank account, you probably know just a a ballpark amount about how much is in there. And if some money was being taken out of your account without your authorization, you would call up Chase and you'd call up Bank of America. You're like, I think something's wrong. Someone's taking some money from me. We we know exactly how much is in our bank account, but for some reason, we allow different things to steal from our time and we don't even notice it. We've allowed some unauthorized transactions to happen with our time and, and we don't even pay attention to it. And so my message to you would be stop wasting your time. See, when the iPhone started tracking the uh, time that we spend on our screen, it was scary. But it wasn't scary enough for us to change. I was like, I spent this much time on Instagram, is that true? And now I'm not gonna be one of those preachers that's gonna say that social media is bad and that you shouldn't be on social media. I love Instagram, I love TikTok, no. Well, TikTok is one of those things where I've decided that I am never going to get a TikTok. Some of you are like, what is TikTok? I'll tell you. It's, it's this app. And the thing about TikTok, it, it goes from like video to video and you don't even have control over it. Like it doesn't, it just goes to the next video. And, and like it's like two hours later, you're like, why am I still on TikTok? Why am I watching videos about cats? Like, how did we get here? I have a friend, uh, she calls it TU, TikTok University. The amount of time she spends on TikTok, she deserves a doctorate degree. They need to give her a master's, something. But you can learn stuff on TikTok. Like, you can, you can learn some, some pretty helpful stuff. I learned how to put... Um, my garbage bag correctly into my garbage can on TikTok. so I'm not knocking TikTok, but the other day I was like, why did, I, why did they call it TikTok? I was like, I think about random things at times and that was one of the random thoughts that I had. And God revealed to me, or I revealed to myself, who knows, I can't confirm or deny who came up with this thought, but I was like, I know why they call it TikTok. Thank you, Adrian, for asking. Because it takes up your time. TikTok tick Top, Tick-tock. The most valuable thing that we have, we have allowed social media to take up our time. And now I'm not saying that the devil made tick-tock. No, but I'm saying he can use it to distract you. And maybe social media is not your thing. Maybe you haven't been wasting your time on social media. Well, maybe, maybe it's gossiping. Maybe, maybe it's not gossiping. Maybe it's that relationship that's no good for you. Maybe it's that job that pays well, but takes away your peace or, or takes away your family time. I don't know what it is, but is there something taking up your time that is pushing your priority with Christ? Is there something that is consuming your time that allows you to spend more time with it than you do with God? How are you spending your time? Imagine if we took the time that we wasted and spent it with God. Imagine if we took the time and the energy that we put in things that don't serve us and we spent it with God. And I get it, spending time with God is not always the easiest thing. There's moments where I put away all of the distractions, my phone's away, everything is gone. I kneel down to pray and then my thoughts get distracted. Like, have you ever prayed and started thinking about some weird things I'm like praying and all i hear is kill him and i'm like wait that's not that's not god you you've been there too don't judge me i'm like wait where did that like i'm just be rebuking thoughts i'm like god i know that's not you but the bible says in second corinthians that we take every thought and we make it obedient to god i've got to take every thought captive that that means that I have the ability to even focus my thoughts. That we can fix our attention on God. The reason why we're distracted is because sometimes we're looking for things that only God can give us. And we're looking for good things, but we're not looking for it in God. We're looking for purpose, we're looking for love, we're looking for satisfaction, we're we're looking for affirmation, but what we do is we start to search for that in other things and it distracts us from what God can give us. And so we have what I call inadequate fillers that we, we have all these different things that fill different voids in our lives, but they cannot fill it the way that God does. And God's saying, can I get your attention please? Can I get you to focus on me because I have everything that you need? I, I grew up in church. And one of the things about growing up in church, I've always been like jealous of people who, who know exactly when they got saved. Like people like I got saved March 15th, 1999. I grew up in church and so I got saved like 50 times. Cause I didn't know if it stuck. I just wasn't sure. I was like, it's me again, Lord. I know last week was crazy. But uh, here I am. And, and growing up in church, I think some of my most formative years were youth group. Like I, loved, I loved youth group. I loved hanging out with my friends, but I didn't know that God was doing something and working in me at that age. We would go to uh, this conference. It was called Winterfest. It was in Rochester, <laughs> New York. And if anybody grew up around the same time that I grew up in, it was in youth group, uh, there was this thing called the Lifehouse skit. And if you haven't seen it, just Google it. It changed my life. Like a skit literally changed my life. I come to this youth conference and uh, the first thing that they open up with is this skit. And now the way the skit goes, it's like God and this girl. And He's showing her all the beautiful things that he's created. And they're in this beautiful relationship and they're dancing and there's so much joy. And you can see that she's so grateful to be with the father, but then there's a moment where her attention gets pulled. And so her attention gets pulled to all these different things. She gets pulled into focusing on money and lust and popularity and all these different things, addiction. She's just being pulled. and she's just moving further and further away from the father. And then there's this moment where she realizes how far that she has gotten. And she begins to look at God and runs to him. And she's trying to run to him. All these different distractions that she has compounded over her life are pulling her back. It's pulling her away from the presence of God. And the beautiful thing is that God steps right in the middle, pushes away the distractions. And she begins to dance again with the Father. And I thought that's just such a beautiful picture of how life can seem. That there's moments where we feel like we have the best relationship with God, but then something shifts our focus. Then something gets our attention. Some good things, some bad things. You're you're pulled in different directions. It's a new season. You're a mother in this season. You got a new job. Or maybe it's an addiction. There's different things that are pulling for our attention constantly. And we feel like I'm I'm trying to run back to God, but I feel like all these things are holding me back to his presence. I want to pray. I want to fast, but I feel like my attention is being pulled. But the beautiful thing about God is that he meets you right where you are. That no matter what distractions are pulling on you, doesn't matter what is trying to get your attention, that he's saying, I will meet you right there in the middle. I I don't know what your distraction is, but God can meet you in the middle of it. See the prophet Joel, he says, rend your heart and not your garments. He says, return to the Lord, your God. See, in Jewish custom, whenever they sinned, whenever they were deeply sorrowful, they would rend their garments. They would rip their clothing in sorrow. They would be so sorrowful that they would tear their clothing from top to bottom. But the word that God was telling his people is like, I don't need another ritualistic act. I want your heart that I don't need you to just tear your clothing and your heart doesn't tear for me, that that the cry of his heart would be that he would get ours. We're trying to build habits. We're trying to figure out how we can get all of our ducks in a row. We're trying to figure out how we can be a better Christian, a better follower of Christ. Well, God, how do I get better habits? But if you give God your heart, it will dictate your habits. If you give him your heart, he will help your habits. we we try to figure out our habits on our own. Well, I'm gonna wake up at 5 a.m. or I'm gonna pray at this time. And we've been trying to do all of these things and God's like, that's good and all, but can I have your heart first? Can I have your desire? Can you want to spend time with me, not just to check off a box, but to be in my presence? God wants to help your habits and we need habits. They're necessary. They're necessary for us to grow in our faith. But God's like, can I have your heart? Can I have your heart to help your habits? See, I believe that we need what I call a prayer preparation kit. That we need some things to help us to prepare If we wanna go the long haul, if we wanna go all the way, if we want to make it, if we want to last, if we wanna be able to be strong in every circumstance, in every situation, we have to be prepared. We've gotta be ready. This past week, I was on vacation and I went to Zion National Park. And it was absolutely gorgeous. And I told my friend, I said, I want to do this hike. And this hike is called the Narrows. It's this water hike. And she's like, all right, we got to get some gear. And so I bought a bunch of stuff on Amazon. I was really excited about my outfit. Really, really excited. I looked like the black Tomb Raider. You couldn't tell me anything. I got to the Narrows. Somebody's like, I love your outfit. And I had a moment. I was like, if someone's complimented my outfit on a hike, I might be there for the wrong reasons. I was not prepared for what was getting ready to happen to me on this hike. And so the way that this works, it's probably a 9.4 mile hike and it's through water and you need like a walking stick cause there's slippery rocks and it's, it's a whole deal. And so uh, we get to the hiking site and you know, people are coming back and it's like, the further you go, the more beautiful it is. And I told my friend, I said, we're going far. We're going all the way. About hour two is when things really took a turn. It was about two hours into this hike and, and my left knee gave out. I, I, it's okay, it's all right. I literally was like, what is, what's happening? I said, all right, my left knee gave out, but it's okay, I still got my right knee. And, and, and about 10 minutes later, the right knee said, nope, I'm not, I'm not gonna help you on this one. And so I'm literally dragging, I got the staff of Moses in my hand and I'm dragging myself through this. I start praying in tongues. I start praying in Creole. I start praying in English. Every language that I knew, I was like, God, if you get me through this, I'll serve you forever. I knew I had about two more hours till I made it to the end and it was the most painful two hours of my life. I got back. I had to ice both my knees. I felt like an athlete though. I've never had to do that before. I was like, I, I was icing both of my knees and a friend of mine was like, well, how, how did the hike go today? I said, it was beautiful, but it almost took me out. And she said, did you train? I said, what do you mean? She said, do you know people train before they go to the Narrows? I said, well, how was I supposed to know that? She, she said, Google, should have told you. And I started Googling some things, I was like, this couldn't be true. And I read on one blog that this family said that before going to the Narrows, they were doing 10-mile runs, they were weight training, they were swimming, they were biking in preparation for the Narrows, and I missed that memo. (laughs) And there was a lot of the Narrows that I could not see because I couldn't go further that I had the right garment, I had the right outfit, but I was not prepared for what was up ahead. I I was not prepared. And there was so much that I missed out on because like the man said, he said, the further you go, the more beautiful it gets that I saw some, some nice things, but I didn't see everything because I couldn't go the distance. I wasn't prepared to go the distance. The people who actually made it all the way and back were people who had prepared daily. That before they got there, they prepared every single day. And it wasn't like they were doing this grandiose thing just little by little, they were preparing daily. And I believe that as followers of Jesus, if we want to go the distance, if we want to go all the way, it's going to take daily preparation. That if you are okay with just going in a little bit, this message is not for you. If if you're okay with just having a little bit of God, this message is not for you. But if you're saying, I want to go all the way, I want to get deeper, I want to grow stronger, I want to encounter the presence of God, There are gonna be things that we have to do daily. In Hebrews, it says that therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer of our faith. See, it's going to take daily discipline for you to grow it's going to take us doing things daily if we wanna make it all the way. That I don't know what's up ahead, but I wanna be prepared. I wanna be ready. And there's some some things that I wanna help you add in your prayer preparation kit. And I think one of the first things that we've got to have in our prayer preparation kit is worship. That I know that there are some times where it's difficult for me to focus and to get into the presence of God. And sometimes i just got to put on some music and I've just got to sit in his presence, even though I may not know what to say and I may not know or have the words to say that I could just sit in his presence. See the beautiful thing about worship, it's that it's to God, but he invites us into it. That even in worship that we are able to experience and encounter his presence. In Psalms 100, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. If you're trying to figure out how to build some daily habits, you can start with worship. That you can enter into his presence with thanksgiving. That just start thinking about all the things that you're grateful for. That you can just think about the things that you are thankful for, that you could get into his presence and begin to thank him. During the Jewish Passover, Israel sings this song of gratitude. It's called Dianu, and it means that it would have been enough. And so they they go through different instances in the Exodus and say, well, God, if you took us out of Egypt, it would have been enough. If you helped us cross the Red Sea, it would have been enough. If you gave us manna from heaven, it would have been enough. Essentially, what they're saying is, God, thank you for overdoing it. And when we come into his presence, we can just thank him. Because when you begin to thank him, you start thinking about all the amazing things that he has done, the things that we don't even deserve. God, thank you for overdoing it. Thank you for going above and beyond. Thank you for giving me more than I could ever ask or expect. And we can just get in his presence and just thank him. God, we just thank you. So you want to be present in God's presence. The second thing that you can add in your prayer preparation kit is prayer journaling. And I think that sometimes our words may fall flat. Sometimes we feel like we don't know what to say or how to say it or how to even believe it when it comes out of our mouth. But I've found that there is strength when we write things down, that we write down what we are believing for. The prophet Habakkuk, His image, his illustration is actually a watch post. And it says in Habakkuk 2, I will take my stand at the watch post and station myself at the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will say and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it for the vision, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And I've learned to just write things down and date it. I'm writing down what I'm believing God for. I'm writing down what other people are believing God for. It's an exercise of my faith that I can write the vision. I can write what I'm believing for. And I can go back and say, well, God did it. And sometimes God's answer is no, but the fact that we can write down and document what we're believing God for, it helps to build up our faith. In seasons where we can sometimes forget the goodness of God, that when we write down what we're believing for and we write down how he has come through for us, it builds our faith in another season. See, writing things down is significant. There are certain things that are not official until you write it down. There, you can't buy a new house until you get it in writing. You can't get a new job unless you get it in writing. There's certain things that you have to get on pen and paper for it to be official. Sometimes people can verbally say something to you, like, hey, can you get that in writing? Because I wanna make it official. And for some of you who've been believing God for certain things, you can exercise a new level of faith and you can get it in writing, that you can believe what God is going to do. I'm going to get it in writing. The third thing is a daily prayer rhythm. That you can have a daily prayer rhythm, that you can pick a time and a place. I think spontaneous prayer is amazing, that we should pray without ceasing. We should be praying all day long. But I do believe that we need to make sure that we are scheduling time to spend with God that we have everything else on our schedules. We know when we're going to work. We know when we're hanging out with our friends. We know when we're going on the vacation, but we need to schedule time with God. See, God is not random with you. That God doesn't just randomly speak to you or randomly decide to show up. He is specific with you. And so I want to be specific with God. I want to have a specific time where I am meeting with him. The fourth thing, scripture memorization. This is so helpful. This has been so personally, this has been personally helpful for me in my life of memorizing scripture and and being able to pray scripture, being able to pray certain things. There's a lot of things that we're looking for and and we're trying to get answers on certain situations on things that we're dealing with. and, And there's answers in the text that I found that it's been so helpful. If somebody's believing for healing, I'm like, what does the Bible say about healing? That I don't want to just pray my words, but I want to see what the word of God says, that you might be dealing with anxiety or pain or, or you're confused in certain areas. You can pray the word of God, that you can add the power of the text to your word. There was a season of my life where I was dealing with a whole lot and I had gone through a bunch and it was really hard for me to sleep, that I could not rest at night, that I was dealing with fear and trauma and all these different things. And I remember each and every night that I would pray something specifically, that I would pray the text, that there's a Psalm that says that when you lie down, your sleep will be sleep sweet. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. And every night I would pray that prayer. Every single night I said, God, when I lie down, I won't be afraid. When I lie down, my sleep will be sweet. Can I tell you, it didn't happen automatically, but I made it a habit that every day that I was praying and I was believing God for it until it happened. And so for you, it's the consistency. Can I be consistent with what I'm believing God for? It may not happen right now, but I'm going to keep praying and believing for it the last one the last one is is prayer walks i do this a whole lot in my neighborhood if you see me you don't see me like if you ever see me walking through the streets just ignore me i'm talking to god i put AirPods on so people don't think i'm crazy and i just walk around and i just pray sometimes there's just so many distractions around me that i've just got to get out of the comfort of my home i got to get out of the space and and just and just talk to god and have a conversation I don't know what your rhythm is going to be like, but if you're going to go the long haul, you're going to have to develop a habit a habit of prayer. That it's not going to be easy. Like E.M. Bounds says, that it is taxing work. That it is going to take something from you to stay focused and stay in the presence of God. These past 21 days of prayer and fasting, I have found that, you know, I have more time because I'm not doing things that I usually do. If I'm not going to restaurants and I love food. And so usually I am either cooking food, I'm cleaning, or I'm watching something about the food that I want to cook. Like it's, it's just food is is a big part of my life. And so during these 21 days when I've been taking time not to eat, I've had all this, I've had free time. And I found myself uh, one night, I was like, well, I have all this time. Like, what should I do with my time? And I was thinking of all the things that I can waste my time. I was like, well, maybe I'll watch this show. Maybe I'll go on Instagram. And I had this moment. I was like, why don't you spend time with God? And so I put away all the distractions. And for the next two hours, I just spent them with God. And I left that moment like, wow, I almost missed that that I almost missed it because I felt like I needed to fill up my schedule with something else. Like I wasn't okay with being at a place of rest and I almost missed my moment of God because I was too busy. And I decided I don't, I don't wanna be too busy for God. I don't wanna waste time. I don't wanna waste moments. I, I, I want to be able to spend my time wisely. And the, the way that Joel kind of ends one of his thoughts in the second chapter, that I think it's such a beautiful picture of how God restores our time. Because it's easy to beat ourselves up and be like, wow, I've, just, I've been wasting a whole lot of time. I've been wasting the time that God has given me. I've been throwing it away, the things that don't matter. But there's this talk of restoration of time. God says to His people, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts and the other locusts and the swarm locusts, my great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat until you're full and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you he says, never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel and I am the Lord your God and there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. And I believe this was just a reminder to me that I was sitting in my discontentment and my frustration with myself of wasting time and God reminded me I'm going to restore to you. That I'm giving back to you even the time that you wasted. That I'm giving you the time that you squandered. That I'm giving it back to you. I don't know what your locus is. Maybe you've been consumed with sorrow. Maybe you've been consumed with pain. Maybe you've been consumed with anxiety or or trauma or something that somebody did to you. Maybe you feel like locusts have consumed you, but God's promise is that he will restore. That all the things that have distracted you, the things that have pulled your attention away from the presence of God, God's saying, I am restoring that time. The prophet Isaiah says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That even now your mind could be stayed on him. It doesn't matter how long you've been distracted. It doesn't matter how long you've been away from the presence of God. He's saying, I can restore. That his promise for you and I is that he will restore. Charles Spurgeon says it this way, you cannot have your time back, but there is a strange and wonder in the way that God can give you the wasted blessings, the unripened fruit over the years you mourned. that God is going to make up the time. God is gonna make up the time that you feel like you've lost, And if you just turn your attention to Him, that if you turn your focus back to him, he promises to restore. He promises to give back what you feel like you've lost. That is his promise to you. Listen, you can't even imagine what God is getting ready to do with you when you turn your attention to him. You can't even imagine the blessings that God is getting ready to pour out over your life when you focus your attention on him. Listen, when we begin to spend time with God, there is going to be a compound effect in his presence that you are gonna begin to look back and see, wow, look at all the Lord has done. Look at how far that I've come. That thing that I felt like had a hold on me, that
2: addiction that I felt like I could not let go of because I spent some daily time with God, look what the Lord has done. Some people have felt like they have
1: missed out. You're like, well, I didn't grow up in church. I haven't been here for the six years that Boo has been around. And you feel like you have missed out and that
2: you have been out of place of what God is doing. He said, I'm going to restore to you the years that you didn't even know me. That I'm getting ready to restore to you the years that you didn't even spend with me, that there is going to be a full restoration. See,
1: Joel says this, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people, that your sons and your daughters will prophesy, that your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And there is a promise for you in this
2: room that God's getting ready to pour out his spirit on you. But he's saying, may I have your attention, please? Can I have your focus? get you to pay attention to me. I know you've got problems. I know you've got issues. I know that there's things that you are dealing with, but may I have your attention please? Can you fix your focus on the author and the finisher of your faith? Can you fix your focus on the God who can heal? Can you fix your focus on the God who will restore? Can you fix your attention on me? for too long. You've been wasting time for too long. May I have your attention,
0: please? Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you.